0: And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. I want to tell you about EnviroCleanse. If you are like me, you've got asthma. Maybe you are allergic to a lot of different things, pollen or dust. My wife is, is just unbelievably allergic to dust. You have got to check out EnviroCleanse. You need to choose an air purifier, literally like your life, depends on it. And this is something that is incredible. Look, no matter where you live, you're probably going to deal with bad air quality. This year alone, there's been 35,000 wildfires that have devastated the U.S. Toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. And that's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. I have this in my bedroom, and this thing is a game changer. They just announced their biggest sale of the year. You can save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to call illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the U.S. Navy selected EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air in their facilities. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor. So you know your family's breathing purified air. Now is the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's a $250 savings right there. Go to ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. Use promo code VERDICT. That's ekpure.com. Use promo code VERDICT and save the biggest savings of the year. Dr. Phil, part two, nice to have you with us today as well as we're talking about America, American families, uh, and everything that's going on in this country. Plus, we're going to get into a very important issue, and that is the issue of of COVID and what impact it had on the families in this country.
1: Well, and, I, and I've got to say, this has been fascinating. Uh, we've covered a lot of topics that Verdict typically doesn't get into. We've we've covered being a parent, being a spouse. We've covered uh, the mental health challenges facing our kids. And we, we've talked about the desperate need for truth. and And I will say, if you didn't listen to part one, go back and listen to part one, because you're not going to want to miss... Uh, the discussion from Dr. Phil, uh, unplugged in, in, in a way you may, you may not have seen him before, but, but saying things that need to be said and, and demonstrating an enormous amount of courage.
2: Well, I'm like a bad rash. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> work ethic in society
0: today, as parents, you want to raise your kids to, to love the Lord. You want to raise your kids to have manners. But we're being undermined, parents are being undermined with work ethic.
2: We're a double income society, and you have both parents working uh, so much that they're just really burning the candle at both ends. And uh, some of those fundamentals really aren't being focused on. And uh, y- you say, how do, we, how do we get the work ethic? Senator and I were talking earlier. You and I are so aligned in focus because I said meritocracy is so important to me. If we lose that, and you know, right now um, we've we've got a government that wants to give everything to everybody uh, for free, and. We're teaching people that you don't have to work hard for what you want. And the the statistics are staggering. If people spend month after month after month not full-time working, they're off work, like during the pandemic, the chance of them coming back, everybody thought when the pandemic was over, it was going to look like that scene in the movie Grease at the end of the school year where those doors flung open, and it was a carnival and everybody comes running out, and it wasn't that way at all. People were intimidated. Things they used to take for granted were now intimidating, and when you don't hold people to a standard, then I've spent a lot of time in rehab, and I'm not talking about drug rehab, I'm talking about rehabilitating people with brain injuries and spinal cord injuries. And if it takes someone that has had that kind of injury and they need to turn the light on and it takes them three minutes to get over there to do it, or you could walk over and do it for them, you need to require them to do 100% of what they're able to do or they'll never get to the next level. (laughs) And so you asked me, how do we get them to do that? By requiring them to do everything they can do every chance we get to do it. And right now, almost a third of fifth and eighth graders can't read at the most fundamental level. They can't read a sentence And the question is, how did they get in the fifth grade? How did they get in the eighth grade? 19% of high school graduates can't read. They cannot read. How do you graduate high school if you can't read? In the first, second, and third grade, you learn to read. From the fourth grade on, you read to learn. So if you don't learn to read in those first three grades, you don't have that tool to learn the rest of your life. And if teachers are going to pass them either way, then you're you're just setting them up to fail.
1: It's utterly destructive. You know, one of the things you mentioned in in that answer is you talked about coming out of COVID. And I'd be interested in, in your judgment on... What was the damage that was done from a mental health perspective from the shutdowns we had across the country? And what was the damage in particular to kids from tens of millions of kids across this country had their schools shut down for a year or more? And and what, what do you see as the consequences of those policies?
2: When they shut down this country and the schools at the beginning of COVID and said this is going to be for a couple of weeks, I said, I get it when it turned into a month or two months, I went public and said, what you're doing is going to create more damage and more loss of life than the virus itself. So you saw it before a lot of people didn't? Well, I I actually said it um, and got called a complete idiot.
1: I've never had that happen
2: to me. Yeah, me neither. I got called a complete... I got attacked from every possible way you can. And I said, I stand by what I say. And I said it... I think I've got 15 clips of different times that I said, shutting this country down and taking our kids out of school for a prolonged period of time. And the epidemiological pediatricians estimate that it will cost somewhere around 15 million years of life lost. Wow, wow. For these kids. And they figure that because you got roughly 50 million kids in public school plus the private schools. And because of what they lost, they will never close that gap And with lesser educational achievement, they will get lesser jobs. Lesser jobs are usually higher risk jobs because they're blue collar and they're working with machinery and construction and things where they get injured. They have poor health coverage, which means they get slower diagnosis and lesser care. And so it obtains with years of life shaved off the end of their lives. And what gets me is they did this, the the same agencies that advocated for this are the same agencies that had the records that said we have the highest levels of anxiety, depression, and loneliness among our children than we've had since records were being kept. So let's shut down the schools which we know are essential to their development. It's like throwing gas on a fire, and that doesn't even take into account that mandated reporters are in these schools who report child abuse and molestation, and referrals to the Department of Child and Family Services dropped in some areas 50 to 60%. And trust me, abuse and molestation did not drop 50 to 60%. We simply rendered those children alone with their abusers for two years without eyes on them to report it to people that could help them. We simply abandoned them to their abusers. And so many of these children relied on those schools for at least one, if not two, meals per day. We took that away, and some say, well, but they delivered those meals. Some got them delivered, some didn't. So we created a huge educational gap. We abandoned the abused and molested children to their abusers and molesters, and nobody has done anything to close the gap. Other than that, no problem. You
1: know, I'll actually say today is an interesting uh, milestone. I I tweeted about it uh, earlier today. Today is the 66th anniversary of the day that my father came to the United States of America. So 66 years ago, in 1957, my dad landed in America and he was fleeing Cuba. And he'd been imprisoned in Cuba. He'd been tortured in Cuba and he came here with nothing. He came here with $100 in his underwear and he washed dishes, he made 50 cents an hour. And, and America gave him freedom, gave him security, gave him hope, gave him the ability to work and excel and achieve and, and prosper. And there, there is no nation in the history of the world like America. And, and, and that is, I look on too many college campuses the faculties don't believe it. You, you and I were talking earlier today about your conversations with college kids who, when it comes to looters in California, say that the looters have a right to take what they want.
2: You know, the shoplifters. I've had them sit in my studio and say they're just taking what's rightfully theirs because they're not being paid a living wage. And I, I, look, I, I get it, but if you're sitting home in a beanbag eating Cheetos While somebody else is working their butt off for 15 years to get consequential knowledge that people are willing to pay for, you don't get the same outcome. You have to work for what you want. That's what I said, when you choose the behavior, you choose the consequences. And do we need to give everybody better chances and better choices? Yes, we need to work on that. There's no doubt about that, but you cannot tell everybody that they're going to get the same outcome. And we've got college professors that are in there sp- supposedly teaching art history that are getting into all of this. And if, if I had a child in college right now that we're getting taught that, I would be real upset yeah. about that. Because let me tell you, where are those professors gonna be Five years later, when that young man is trying to buy braces for his son or daughter and pay the rent, I'll tell you where they're going to be. They're going to be gonzo. You're not going to be able to find them with both hands and a flashlight, because they're going to be gone. They're going to be down the road somewhere, and then here's this person that got this college education and wasn't taught to cope with the real world, which is a shark tank. You get out there in the real world where somebody's looking for somebody to produce, and here was somebody taught... No, it's the employer's job to get along with them instead of the other way around. Uh, We did shows of these people that were doing quiet quitting
0: where they just said,
2: well, you just do the the bare minimum. Well, see where that gets you. This is not what we need to be talking about in America right now. So how do we change it? We change it by people hearing what's going on, hearing that these algorithms are Program to attack our children, hearing what's going on on the college campuses, hearing that kids are getting their feelings hurt and they're medicalizing it. There have been more professors suspended, disciplined, or dismissed in, in, in the last 20 or 30 years since the McCarthy era. Because now they're saying, no, this injured me. You didn't hurt my feelings, it injured wow. me. Yep. And so now they say, well, we, we have to react to that. And so they're complaining about it and professors are getting dismissed because they're asking students to take positions that is not comfortable for them. You know, you know in law school, you, were, you had to take the defense, oh, yeah. the plaintiff, both sides. And so they put trigger warnings on everything. Trigger warnings are a myth, they don't work. Trigger warnings create the anxiety they're intended to avoid. The research is clear on that, but yet there are trigger, something like 60, 70% of the universities use trigger warnings.
1: Look, and and in fact, I'd go even further and say, the purpose of education is to trigger you. The purpose of education is have you encounter uncomfortable views, uncomfortable positions, challenge your assumptions. For a number of years, I used to teach at University of Texas Law School, and I I taught a class as an adjunct professor on Supreme Court litigation. And I would have my students, I I would pick seven of the biggest cases before the Supreme Court that term, and they were real cases, and I would have the students brief the cases and argue the cases, And, and the students, every student would get to argue two cases, And the remainder of the cases, they would sit as Supreme Court justices and they would ask the questions and we'd do it exactly like the real argument, same time period. And it was a two hour seminar once a week and so the first hour would be the argument. The second hour, the nine justices would retire to conference and they would discuss the case and you were required to discuss the case in the persona of your justice. So you might be Clarence Thomas, you might be Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, and you were required to, to discuss the case and decide the case consistent with the jurisprudence of the justice that you'd been assigned. And then each student was required to write an opinion. And, and I got to tell you, I think some of the best teaching moments is, is I would assign the cases and I would assi- assign them randomly. I'd actually just use letters and randomly assign the cases and I'd assign the sides. And, and we had a number of students who ended up being assigned positions they hated, Uh, I remember one student uh, who did very well in the class, was a West Point graduate, uh, had been an army ranger, and he was assigned to represent a terrorist at Gitmo, challenging his detention. He didn't like that at all, Uh, but but he did a terrific job. I remember another student, a a very liberal woman, uh, was assigned to to argue the case of pro-life protesters, uh, which was a view she really didn't like and I thought teaching the class, those were more valuable than if I had switched their positions and let them argue the position they agreed with, they would have learned less from it. And, and now you have universities that, that, that seem to be behaving saying, our job is to prevent you from encountering anything you disagree with and surround you only... That triggers you. That triggers yeah, you. Yeah,
0: that triggers you. Makes
1: and, you feel uncomfortable. And that their job is to enforce an orthodoxy. You must agree with what we're saying.
2: Yeah, well, that's why they're booing and not letting speakers that are invited to universities speak. I call yep. it the heckler's veto. Yep. The heckler's veto. Well, as you know, the Supreme Court does too. Of, that's, the, yep. that's the phrase the Supreme Court used. And And you can't... You, you can't learn if you're just preaching to the choir all the time, which is why I say I want both sides to come on and let people hear and make up their own mind. And we, and so you said, what do we do about this? We've got to awaken the masses to say, look, you've you've got to, uh, you've got to speak up about this. You've got to find your voice and talk about this. You know, I, I said earlier the reason that these small groups of activists, these, this tyranny of the fringe is so efficient is because they identify an enemy and hmm. go after that enemy. And the silent majority doesn't have an enemy like that. They don't have a rally to attend because what they're trying to do is raise their family with love and care and concern and nurture them to get to the next level of life. That's what we're supposed to do as parents is prepare our children for the next level of life.
0: I want to ask you a question. You've said it twice, maybe three times a night. The fear you have of these algorithms that are targeting kids. Parents have so much peer pressure now and kids have gotten really good at saying, well, so-and-so has it. Well, they've got a smartphone. Well, they're online. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. What advice do you have to parents about the appropriate age to give them a tool that can also destroy their life, which is a cell phone, and allow them on social media? 45. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's a great number. My three boys are getting flip phones, maybe. <laughs>
1: J- well, just wait till all their, all their classmates have them. It's yeah. easy to say at the ages your kids are, wait till they get in junior high and high school, and they're the only kid and they're facing complete ostracization because all of the discussion of their classmates is through these, these evil black hole devices we put in our kids' hands.
2: You know, here's the thing. There are arguments on both sides. It's, it's good for the child to have a device where you can reach them at any time, you can track them at any time, uh, you can put all of these parental controls on there. They're so far ahead of us that they can... They will laugh at us. They, they, they have workarounds. And if you don't give them the devices, they're going to be on their friends' devices. The better thing you All can right, do... All right, Phil, i
1: got to tell you a story. So our daughter uh, got grounded. Uh, and we took her phone away. And she was grounded for a month. It was pretty serious grounding. And we'd taken her phone away. A couple of weeks go by, and, and then Heidi gets an email from the phone company. It was kind of a curious email. And we discovered that before she handed her phone over, she had gone into the phone and taken out the SIM card. Of course. And she got a burner phone from a friend and put it in the phone. And what was amazing is she said, she said, well, you said I, you were taking my phone away. You didn't say you were taking my SIM card away. Yeah. And it was, you know, she's got a fabulous mind and it was a great argument, but you're right. The, the, our kids can run <laughs> circles around us on technology.
2: You yeah, know, I, I, I say this. I always tell people that you should talk to your children about things that don't matter. And they say, well, what do you mean by that? And I, well, you, you watch these medical shows on TV, and what's one of the first things they say when you roll somebody into the ER? They say, start an IV with Ringer's lactate. Does anybody ever know what that is? It, I, I have no idea. What is it. No, that? it's water. <laughs> and it's saline. It's 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 an inert substance. And why do they do it? They're getting a vein open so when they figure out what they do need, the vein is open and all they have to do is plug something into it. That's why I say talk to kids about things that don't matter because when it comes time to talk about something that does matter, you got that vein open. And if you're talking to them about something that really matters, and it's the first time you've ever tried to have a conversation with them, it's gonna feel really awkward. But if you've been talking to them about their video game or shooting baskets with them, about getting a dog, about who they're dating, about this, about that, just about regular things, but there's a dialogue that's going on, and then it comes time where you have to talk to them about something that really matters, it's not like you're on your first date. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this dialogue going and when you roll into something that really matters, it's open, You it doesn't feel so awkward. And when you start talking about the internet and the phone, uh, every time I do a show about these predators or these algorithms and how a significant percentage of young girls get, into Instagram or whatever, and so they start getting depressed. I take all of that and send it to my granddaughter and say, You know, read this, let's talk about this. Yeah. And she becomes aware of it and goes, You know, wow, I don't know. And, you know, just before we walked in here, I was yeah. on the cameras and she's over having a party, a, a swim party with all the adults there. She's not sitting at home. And, that's what's happening right now with young people. They're watching people live their lives instead of living their own lives. And the lives they're watching being lived are fantasies. Mm-hmm. They're not It's only real the good, lives. not the bad. It's, it's not even the good, it's fictional good. I've had influencers on the show who say, they get all dressed up and say, yeah, they're going to this big event, this big party, they're going to the NBA All-Star game, they're going this, going that. And as soon as they do the shoot, they turn it off, put their sweats on, and go sit down and watch TV or sit down and watch whatever. They don't, they're not, that's not their real lives. And people compare themselves to these fictional lives and they get depressed because they say, I'm a loser. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm not going. There's a, there, (laughs) this is an amazing thing. I, I actually had them on. There is a false, Fuselage to a private jet. It's in L.A. now. It was in San Francisco. It's just in a room. It's a seat with a window. They rent by 15 minutes wow. for influencers mm-hmm. to come on. They'll come there with like 10 changes of clothes. You can't make that for up. Like can you? summer, Christmas, all this stuff. They sit down and do all these photo shoots so they can post them throughout the year. Like they're off to Cabo, you know, they're off to Aspen for skiing, they're off to the. They don't go anywhere. They're going and sitting in a box in a warehouse. And
0: paying to do it. That's hysterical.
2: They used to do it with a toilet seat that looked like it was a window (laughs) on (laughs) an airline. Now they actually have one they go sit in. It's just just in a room. Well, you know, capitalism is incredible. Oh, isn't it, though?
1: (laughs) All right, so let me ask you, you're in Hollywood. Hollywood, at least, I think they're nuts.
0: I'm a Texas
2: resident. I know you saying, are. So don't be saying I'm in Hollywood.
0: I want to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able, place your hand over your heart right now. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a pre-born baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. We've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life. By six weeks, eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a little baby is able to suck his or her thumb. For just 28 dollars, you can be the difference between the life or death of a child. And if you're a business owner, perhaps you can consider a larger donation for a write-off, because we know the government isn't working on saving babies. A donation of 1,000, 2,000, 20,000. All gifts are tax-deductible and will reach eternity. Get involved today to donate just dial. Pound two fifty and say the keyword baby. That's pound two fifty. Say the keyword baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out of pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. Healthlock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors. So you pay only what you owe. You can even have Healthlock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, Healthlock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. When I want to tell you about Patriot Mobile. If you have a cell phone like I do, and 99% of the people out there do, uh, there's one thing that is pretty crazy, and that is... Where many companies are giving your money? Did you know that some of the big mobile companies are massive donors to Planned Parenthood? Did you know they're actually fighting against your values? Now, people that did find this out, there was a problem. Where else were you going to go to get dependable nationwide coverage? There wasn't an option. Well, there is now, and that's Patriot Mobile. They offer you that dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage that you have been accustomed to without funding the woke left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, and this is the part I love the most, you're sending a clear message that you support free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, And our military are veterans and first responder heroes. Now, why do I say that? Because they take a portion of your bill and they give it back to these causes. Now, they have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team. So you are dealing with a company that values American workers and they make switching easy. Whether it's for you, your entire family, or a business or a small business, you can keep your same numbers. You can keep your same phones or upgrade. The team will help you find the best plan for your needs. So check out PatriotMobile.com, all right, slash verdict. That's PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. Or call them. If you use the promo code verdict, you'll also get free activation when you use that promo code verdict. 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash verdict.
1: Uh, you, you are a resident of the great state of Texas. Tex- you live right. in Dallas. Yes, I do. We, we are proud you're a Texan. Uh, but how have you not been canceled? I mean, you've dared say things you're not supposed to say, and yet you work in Hollywood, and, and, and you're still standing. How, what has the reaction been to you? What has the pushback been to you, and how have you survived?
2: I, I think the truth is I've been really consistent in owning the debate lane, I give both sides an opportunity to talk about their position and let people make up their own minds. And I've now seen that there's too much traction being gained and somebody needs to stand up and give this a voice. And like I said in the beginning, I, I, I'll sit around and say, you know, the media this, the media that, the media this, the media that. And Robin said to me, I, I guess it's about a year and a half ago, we were sitting in the kitchen. She said, um, you know, you, you are the media. <laughs> well, you, you're bitching about the media. You are the media. Why aren't you doing something about it? And as usual, she was right. Um,
0: Would we ever see, and it seems that you're, and I say this as a a sincere compliment, the fourth quarter of your career, and it seems that you're now thinking about where we are as a country, your legacy. Would we ever see Dr. Phil's name on a ballot? Is that something that you've ever even thought of?
2: No, um, I'll tell you why. Um, I think I can have more of an impact doing what I'm doing, the way I'm doing it now, than if I went into politics. First off, I I don't think I know enough about it. And I think you gotta know where your strengths are and your weaknesses are. I mean, Senator Cruz here, constitutional law expert, he's immersed himself in this. I could spend 20 years and not be where he was on day one. I get that. He is really good at what he does. And I'm in my lane and he's in his lane. I would rather work with him in his lane from my lane than try to get in his lane.
1: So so let let me ask you a different question. Uh, You may remember the movie uh, Mel Gibson was in, What Women Want. Mm -hmm. Uh, a, A very substantial percentage of your viewers are women across America who tune in to you and listen and are very interested in what you have to say? So, so I guess my question would be the title of the movie: What, what do women want? What, what what resonates? And Heidi's laughing in the in the audience. I, I'm I'm seeking counseling. See, see, my dear, I'm I'm actually getting get, getting best. advice. I mean, yeah,
2: this means the man's really working on this. You're asking me what women? Does somebody write stupid on my forehead? <laughs> uh, Um, Well, Robin and I just uh, celebrated our 47th anniversary last week. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, Yeah. We've been together 50 years, married 47, and I've I've learned this. When she says what, it does not mean she did not hear what I said. (laughs) It means she's given me a chance to change what I said. (laughs)
0: Um, if you're taking notes in the audience or listening to this show this is when you write that down
2: that yes <laughs> that, that is something to write down uh, so what I know about what women want I haven't a clue um, I, I know this it is changing and I, I did a show um, with with Women talking about how their role is changing in this day and time. And they were very outspoken about this. And I I think, you know, I I think women are people. And I I think they want to be heard. I I think they want to be treated with dignity and respect. I, I think they want to have an opportunity to be acknowledged for the contributions they make and the things that they that they do. And I, I think it is changing. But like I said, this country's not perfect and we're making progress, but it, it, it needs to change.
1: So, so let me ask a, f- a follow-up to that, that. This podcast, we talk about politics a lot and policy a lot. If you look at politics right now uh, in elections nationally, Republicans are typically winning married men, single men, and married women. But right now in elections, Democrats are winning single women by huge margins.
2: You know, I think the difference, one of the differences I see between the messaging between Democrats and Republicans is I think Democrats do a better job of messaging about the f- the feeling parts of the process than Republicans do. Yeah, un- unquestionably. I-, I think Republicans do a real good job about messaging objectives and bottom lines and quantifying those uh, objectives in setting measurable outcomes. And. That's really important. And one of the things that's
1: interesting is is that getting married is strongly concert, uh, correlated with more conservative voting patterns, and and being single um, is inversely uh, correlated. Now, some of that may just be a factor of age. That young people historically, Winston Churchill famously said, "If you're twenty and not a liberal." you have no heart, and if you're 40 and not a conservative, you have no brain. Um, That's been true for a long time, that young people skew left, and as they get older, they tend to get more conservative. So that's a factor, but do you see something in the divide between single women and married women that that would produce a really significant delta in in their voting patterns?
2: Well, I do in that, as I've said, I think family in America is under attack, and I think when you become part of a family your values shift dramatically because now you're responsible for somebody other than yourself you're responsible for your home and we've seen marriage on the decline people are getting married later in life now marriage is down now compared to what it was a generation ago we've seen church membership drop below the 50% level for the first time ever. And, you know, one reason for that is I think we've seen our birth rate drop now to 1.6, and it takes 2.1 to sustain this society right now, and it's dropped now to around 1.6. And most people, when they have a child, they want to go to church and have the child... You know, christened or baptized or whatever. So, if you're having fewer marriages and fewer children, then you have fewer families that go to church to start with and begin that tradition. I think that's all tied together. And now, do you
1: I, have any theories on why fewer people are getting married, they're having fewer children, fewer people are going to church?
2: I do. I, that's what it's part of this whole theory I have about family being under attack. It's like in 2008, 2009. It's like I have this image of huge airplanes flying over the United States and dropping smartphones on everybody. And that's when people started um, watching people live their lives instead of living their own. They started dating later. They started getting their driver's license later. They have fewer friends. They stopped socializing. They started social development uh, much later and much less efficiently because they're living virtual lives instead of real lives. So, social development was really arrested at that time. And if you if you go back and look at it, um, you, you see in 08, 09, that began to disrupt the social development in America. It's an unintended consequence of carrying a computer with a visual screen in your hand. And it's just gone up dramatically. And that's where the social platform started launching and it took the place of having real friends. You say, oh, I've got, you know, I've, I've got 300 friends. No, you don't, you yep. have 300 <laughs> followers. You don't know these people. I, I, I have these people that come on and say they're engaged. What, what do you mean you're engaged? You've never met this person. You've been messaging back and forth for two years. Just somebody, and it turns out to be somebody in a Nigerian workroom. That's you've been sending money for two years. That's not a relationship, but people are confusing followers and and clicks for real relationships, and sometimes they fall in love with the fantasy, not even really caring whether it's. A real person on the other end. They fall in love with the fantasy. So I, I think we've got to really encourage our kids to you know get off the screens and get out on to the playground and get out into the go to the school dances. They, you, you ask these young people today how many friends they have, you would be stunned at how few it is compared to what it was a generation hmm. ago.
0: For everybody that's uh, watching, listening to this. You also have a podcast as well, and a book coming out quickly as we wrap up this. Uh, tell everybody where all they can find all this.
2: Well, thank you for asking, and there are going to be press releases and information coming out on that very soon. And it's um, it's not a maybe thing. We're building the broadcast center right now. Uh, I'm leaving here now, headed to Texas, and we're designing so many of the things the news department is built my studio is under construction right now and a uh, huge broadcast center and most of my senior people uh, from dr phil 1.0 are packing up the truck and moving out of beverly uh, coming to (laughs) texas and buying homes in uh, fort worth keller dallas argyle all around and did you tell them uh, we have cement ponds. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I told them how great it was and how value how values were great. Uh, but uh, very exciting. And in uh, like I say, in uh, late January, uh, first week of February, we're going to be launching. It's when the book's going to be landing. And I am more excited about this than I was when we launched uh, Dr. Phil to begin with. I'm very excited and. I hope people listening are saying, you know... Does the network have a name yet? Uh, it does, but we haven't released it. Okay.
0: One of the questions from the audience, Dr. Phil, was a question of what type of shows, what type of hosts, what type of roles is it going to be, and how is it going to be different than what you've done before?
2: Well, you know, I, I think that one of the things that I bring to uh, the process that um, is unique to my particular brand or approach is that I'm a journalist and a mental health professional at the same time. And what I've always done is talk to real people with real problems and try to come up with real solutions. And I intend to stay with that format uh, in the new show. And what I mean by that is even though we're gonna be talking about different things like social issues, uh, whether it's homelessness, or uh, whether it's the problems we're having with the internet, or it's this issue about the government paying people not to work instead of to work, or whatever the issue might be. I'm going to approach that by telling those stories and dealing with those issues through the eyes of the people that are impacted by them. I think one of the best examples is, um, you know, we we talked about buying these counterfeit pills on the internet. Forty percent of which will kill you. Yep. Think think of, think about that. You've you've got to really stop to wrap your head around that. Four out of ten pills you buy that you can buy whether you're twelve or thirteen or fourteen. Four out of 10 of those will kill you. This fentanyl is being manufactured in China, sent to the Sinaloa Cartel in Mexico. They raided a pill factory just south of the border near San Diego that was stamping out 70 million pills a month. One lab, 70 million pills a month. Not all of them are coming here, but a lot of them are coming to America. And when I talk about that, I don't wanna have a bunch of talking head experts up there. I had four sets of parents who had non-drug addicted children that ordered pills during finals of college to stay awake or to do this or to do that, and they found them dead the next morning and credit card receipts where they ordered one pill, one pill from a social media platform and were dead the next morning. And I I approached that by telling this story through the eyes of the parents who went up and found their child dead. And that's how we got into that issue. Real people, real problems. And, And we did have the DEA there. We did have representatives there that were involved in, in every aspect of the story. But still, I approached it through the angst of these parents that lost these precious young people. And that's how I intend to continue to do this, to talk about this, not with a bunch of talking head experts, like you see on the 24-hour cable news networks, but instead, by dealing with real people that are impacted by these stories.
1: And as you know, the the numbers are staggering. Uh, Last year, more than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses. Roughly 70% of that is Chinese fentanyl coming across our southern border. That's the highest in the history of our country. To put it in perspective, 100,000 people dying is almost double the number of Americans who died in the entire Vietnam War. Yeah. And that was last year. And and even the word overdose is the wrong word because it's poisoning. It, it's poisoning. And you know, I, I've visited with a lot of these parents who've lost their kids, and and you're right, it's not it's not a heroin addict on the street who who's a junkie, it's it's a teenager, it's it's a college kid who's at a party and someone says, Here, try one Xanax, try one Adderall. And, and, and they take it, and, and just one, the wrong one, can kill them. You know, I had a DEA agent do an illustration that I think is really powerful. He, he had several of us take a packet of Sweet and Low, and he said, tear this open, empty all the Sweet and Low out of the packet. And so we all did that. And he said, okay, now take your pinky and just stick it in the packet and pull it out. And when you do that, you have a couple of little tiny grains on your fingertip. And he said, that is enough fentanyl to kill you. And I'll tell you, I sat down with both our daughters and I gave them packets of sweet and low and had them do that. But as a parent, it's terrifying because you hope the message sticks. And the problem is teenagers sometimes do dumb things. and, And when the dumb things can kill you, that's really terrifying.
2: Yeah, and now there's something called car fentanyl which is even more powerful than fentanyl. And, and people say, well, why would a drug dealer want to kill their client, their customers? They don't want to kill them. It's just so addictive that if they'll take it and not die, they just are immediately addicted and they come back. But they're mixing this stuff up in a bathtub with a Bodor. Yeah. This isn't a drug. It's not high tech. No. And they don't know how much gets in this one or that one. And and so, but to answer your question, that's how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it because that's how my audience, the people that I've built a relationship with over 21 years, that's how they're used to getting the information from people they can relate to. And what they do, every guest I have on is a teaching tool. And, you know, People don't know because I have kind of a, I guess, shoot from the hip style of delivery. But I get like a 250 page notebook for every single show we do. Hmm. And we get a cross-sectional history, a medical history, a longitudinal history. We have a research section. And I have a 15 member uh, Blue Ribbon Advisory Board with the top minds in medicine, psychology, psychiatry, nursing, theology, every area from the top learning centers in the country. A lot of them peer review journal editors. And if I have a really complex case, I can send it to them and we talk about it. And we stick with evidence-based therapies and give them cutting edge information because there's an 18 month lag between submitting findings and it getting out in a peer review. review journal, and I'm able to get it immediately. And we really try and deliver the absolute best available information to people about these key issues. Um, you know, every day in understandable terms, and we're gonna stay with that format going forward.
0: Dr. Phil, thank you so much for being with us, being a part of this. The audience, you guys give Dr. Phil a big round of applause as well.
2: Well, thank you for having me, yes fascinating and in-depth questions. Thank you so much.
0: Don't forget, download Dr. Phil's podcast. And also, make sure you download Verdict with Ted Cruz wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that follow, subscribe, or auto-download button. And we'll see you back here in a couple of days. I want to tell you real quick about our friends, Augusta Precious Metals, and uh, if you have been watching what's going on in the economy, you've seen some of the big bank failures that have happened. You've seen interest rates that have more than doubled on homes. Uh, now the highest interest rates on homes that we've seen in 21 years. There, we've seen inflation issues, and that is where it is affecting your retirement, your 401k. We know that it's important to diversify your investments, especially if you are close to retirement or in retirement. That's why I want you to know about Augusta Precious Metals. They can help you protect your hard-earned dollars, your hard-earned investments. And that is why you should talk to Augusta Precious Metals. Now, they do things differently. It's really cool. Not only will they send you an investor's guide on gold so you can understand how gold can help you diversify and protect your assets. But they actually do a one-on-one web conference they answer all of your questions they'll talk about your strategy your investments and tell you if a gold ira isn't the right answer for you you should check out what they can do for you at augustapreciousmetals.com call them right now get the free investors guide on gold and work with a company that can that you can trust to help you protect your assets 877 the number four gold ira that's 877 the number four gold ira or online at augustapreciousmetals.com that's augustapreciousmetals.com two-thirds of americans are at risk to experience a blackout are you ready to protect your family well you could be with the patriot power solar generator 2000x This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict, to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, Patriots.comslash verdict. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben.